This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Hi, John. Welcome to Diddy. Hi, it's great Amy. to have you back in the studio. Um, you just performed in the studio a few days ago and yes. um, to a sold out Diddy crowd. Yes. And it was so much fun. And I think you're wearing, is it the same jumpsuit or is it a different one? Oh, no. This is just my everyday black everyday black jumpsuit. Yeah. And uh, when I'm on stage, I like to wear tie dyed uh, jumpsuits. Uh, and my fashion designer was at the show the other night. She's from Little Rock, Katie Stout. And that was a great having her at the show. That big shout out to Katie. For, yeah, big shout for, out, Katie. For the fashion design <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the outfits. Um, so I was, you know, checking up on you a little bit, and I uh, read that you were from Boise, Idaho. That's right. Uh, you lived there through your through high school, or? I uh, left Boise in 2003, and I moved down to San Francisco with my uh, fiance at the time. And um, so, so my question was, Coming from Boise, how did someone from Boise get interested in the blues? Because I, I don't mm. think of Boise as being, or maybe it is, and so that's why I'm asking you, is it if there's a big music scene in Boise, or is it some other reason that you got interested in blues music? Well, uh, I had a friend in high school, uh, Tom Moore, best buddy, and we started our first band together. But before we started the band, we shared music, and... Uh, so we'd bring each other mixtapes and stuff like that. Anyways, uh, Tom made me a mixtape of blues. And it was so much great stuff. We had uh, Freddie King and Blind Willie McTell, Blind Blake, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Willie Dixon, Little Walter, Sonny Boy Williamson, Albert King, B.B. King. Wow, uh, all the Robert greats. Johnson. Yeah, it was a fantastic mixtape. I, I still have it today. And I heard that A side of that mixtape, and it just it just blew my mind. I recognized the influence in all the other music that I like to listen to, and a lot of the music that I really loved was music that happened here in Memphis. My brother and sister had a great record collection; they were big fans of music, and there was a lot of great soul and outlaw country and pop music that was coming out of this town and and they had uh, those records in eight tracks and so I listened to the records in eight tracks 
And my favorite stuff was the stuff that had the Memphis groove. And, you gotta love the yeah. groove here and the horns. Oh yeah. That's really the Memphis sound. I love I love Memphis horns. Uh, I always like to have uh, Art Edmonston and uh, Mark Franklin on my records. Uh, Mark Franklin is a fantastic uh, uh, ranger, and uh, Art's just the greatest tenor saxophone player in town right now. So you went from Boise, then you went to San Francisco mm-hmm. with your then fiance, and you played music, I'm assuming, in San Francisco. Yes, yeah, um, I did. You were in some bands there. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was the, what was the scene like there? San Francisco was great. Um, all those folks just took me right in. And there were a lot of great guitar players that, uh, that would hire singers. And I thought I was just going to go down there and starve. It was going to take me forever to get anything going down there with all the talent. And I got really lucky. I started working with this guy, Kenny Blu-ray and uh, Mike Shermer and Kid Anderson. And those guys introduced me to all the musicians and uh, they liked playing my material, and I liked doing theirs, and it was really fantastic. And these are great, great players that have worked with everybody from Marsha Ball to uh, Howard Tate and uh, Wee Willie Walker. And uh, so these guys took me in, and they're still my good friends, and, and we still work together on occasions. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a great town. And, and a great, great uh, scene of fans there, too. I love San Francisco. Mm. Every time I go, I, I just, the food, the art, the music, everything is just, you know, just one of those great cities. Um, but so how did you end up in Memphis? And you obviously love yeah. the Memphis sound, but that's a big move. Mm-hmm. It's the West Coast to the Deep South. And um, how did you end up in Memphis specifically? Well, I started uh, having children. Um, not that. <laughs> yeah. My my daughter Ava was born and uh and so I was touring um all the time and my wife was home and uh in order to pay the the bills there I was touring a lot and my wife says gosh we just never get to see you and I said well I don't think we can afford to live in San Francisco you know if you want to see me and I I, I want to be seen I want to be able to hang out with you guys and she said well what are we going to do I said well let's move and she said where I said let's move to Memphis and what'd she say to that and she's like oh I've never been to Memphis uh and uh I guess I must have sold her on it enough that we uh hopped on an airplane and came out here and uh and checked it out I was already planning on making a record in Memphis and with the Bo Keys back in 2013. And so my wife and I, we flew out in January, and we found a place to live. We flew back, and I loaded up the uh, U-Haul. And, uh, sorry, it wasn't a U-Haul. It was one of those other companies. Budget. It was budget. Definitely budget. So I loaded up the big budget uh rental van and I drove all by myself all our stuff to uh to Memphis and it broke down in Flagstaff Arizona of course it did oh, <laughs> broke down in Flagstaff I've been yeah. in like two or three of those trucks that it broke down <laughs> anyways we're yeah we're in uh 
we're I'm, I'm in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I have to unload the whole thing. Hope the, hopefully this ended up in a song somewhere. It has uh, to. I haven't got it in there. Right. Well, I'm writing material for a new record, so I'm going to do that. That's a great That's a great idea. Thank you, Amy. Uh, so anyways, I'm going to uh, I, I moved the, the, all the stuff from one truck to another and then drove out here. I flew my wife and daughter, Jackie and Ava, out here. And uh, we just got right into the scene. Um, that one week that my wife came out here and visited with me, she just fell in love with the town. And uh, we're so glad we moved. We just love it here. And, it's uh, very artist-friendly. Oh, so artist-friendly, absolutely. And, and everyone here in this town... Um, is so conscientiously creative, you know. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. They really get into, like, if a songwriter comes in, you know, or a vocalist comes in or a vocalist songwriter comes in to the studio, you know, they're, they're gauging the emotion of the song. And I think that's why Memphis has been so good um, with especially blues bass style music you know and soul and 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 country you know it's gathering the emotions uh and i love i love that about this town and uh and i think i've made my my two best records uh in memphis well the one thing about memphis is um the the level of talent is so great here and to be able to play with those types of artists it just elevates everybody it's amazing the talent here um, we see folks come through our studio all the time, and like yourself, um, and it's just amazing to see, um, you know, that that talent all in one one city. So let's talk feeling freaky. Yeah, sure. I'm feeling a little freaky. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at your outfit, feeling freaky. I'm just saying. <laughs> but the album is called Feeling Freaky. Yes. Right. Uh, how did you come up with? That name, and, and I have to talk about the pickle. Yeah. Okay, but let's, how did you come up with the name Feeling Freaky? Um, there was a, there was a, a beat and a hook and that I had going on in my head. And uh, I sat down with the band and started generating this tune. And ding, 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 yeah, and, and. And with the uh, with the ride cymbal, the, with Danny Banks hitting the ride cymbal right with the guitar riff, so I had this I had this idea in my mind, and we put it together, and uh, that was one of the few tunes that start that started um, with the groove and not the not the song, and for some reason I just started singing some line about feeling freaky while we were jamming this tune and. I don't know, the lyrics just came. They were there. Those are the best. Yeah, it's just like, boom, here's the song. There's always those songs you have to work and work and work, and then there's the ones that are just yeah. instant. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love, the, I love it when you can get an instant one, that's for sure. And, and Feeling Freaky was, uh, was, the, uh, was the instantaneous chemistry song, for sure. And uh, we, uh, we were also down in uh, uh, Jackson, Mississippi for the Jackson Rhythm and Blues Festival and uh, we stopped uh, by this I stopped by this stand that was selling Kool-Aid pickles 
Uh, and I'd never had a cooler. First pickle. blush, that didn't sound very good. But <laughs> <laughs> so, did you actually taste one of the Kool Aid pickles? Cause, oh yeah, because I love pickles. We tasted every flavor. Okay. Tasted every flavor. The lady was so nice. She recognized that I was playing on the stage, so she gave me one of everything. And so I went back and found the band, and we watched Macy Gray, and ate Kool Aid pickles. Love Macy Gray. Yeah. And. I wrote a song called Kool-Aid Pickle, and when it came time to do the album cover, I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to have a Kool-Aid Pickle on the front cover? I think it's a very cool picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we put the Kool-Aid Pickle on there. It's like, well, what are we going to call it? It's like, feeling freaky. <laughs> well, so, and the feeling freaky kind of then goes with the Kool-Aid Pickle. Exactly. It's a, it's a good marriage. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Under um, the bizarre, you know. So... Who did you, uh, where did you record Feeling Freaky? Uh, that was down in Coldwater, Mississippi at uh, Zebra Ranch Studios. Which uh, Luther is Dickinson's L place? Luther Dickinson's mm -hmm. place, yeah. His dad started the place, Jim, and, and Luther and Cody, uh, they run it with uh, engineer Kevin Houston. And, uh, yeah, I'd met uh, Luther on a blues cruise, and it was the fall of uh, October, as October 2012, and we were talking, and he said, hey, well, you know, when you're going to make a, your next record, you know, give me a shout. I said, well, I already booked uh, uh, studio time with the band The Bow Keys and Scott Bomar, but I said, the next record, man, let's do it, and so this next this next record of material was coming up and so I called Luther and he and he said yeah he'd love to do it and so we went down there and in three days we cut the record and uh, I like to work fast like that and was it live in the studio yeah, live or in the studio. oh wow yeah, yeah. I like that I like too that. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's there's just so much more feeling you know when you're not so separated you know and, you know, you can talk about the song, you know, and the idea and, and all that before you cut it as a team. Yeah, it was great. It was a great experience. And uh, you didn't you have some Hammond organ and some input from the guys over at Royal? Oh, I did, yeah, absolutely. When we wrapped up the tracks, um, I wanted to have horns on there and, uh, and, and organ. And... Uh, Anyways, uh, Luther um, knew uh, Charles Hodges real well and worked with him. And so uh, he recommended Charles Hodges, and I'm a big fan of Charles Hodges. Oh. I love the Hodges Brothers yes. and the High Rhythm Section, uh, Royal Studios, Boo Mitchell's great guy. And so uh, we took the tracks over there, and, and Charles um, played on the tracks, and... Uh, Mark Franklin and uh, Art Edmonston had done the horns down at Zebra Ranch, and there's a song called Rainy Day, and Luther said, oh, you have to have strings on that song. And Mark Franklin's like, I'll do the strings. And so we did all the strings over at uh, Royal. Oh, that's great. Great team effort. Yeah, Every fantastic. time I go to Royal, it's a time capsule. It's just, you just feel the music that's gone oh, through yeah. there. Absolutely. Such, such a great, great place to just visit, but to play there, I'm sure, was pretty phenomenal. It was great, and, and I sang one track there. I was, uh, 
was hanging out and uh, I, I noticed the great control room, you know, and I'd heard about the Al Green microphone and and uh, and all that that great vibe and mojo. And uh, there was one song. There was one song I I kind of wanted to have another stab at vocally, and it was feeling freaky. And one of the main reasons was because uh, I had. Uh, somehow inhaled some burning uh poison ivy might have been burning on the side of the road oh and I'd wow driven through it and it and it was starting Got to in affect your throat? my voice yeah oh it took me a whole like month or more to recover from that oh one. wow i've never even thought about burning poison ivy yeah that's yeah, terrible yeah and so uh i could feel the voices kind of getting a little squirrely so i thought you know Here's an opportunity, you know. I, I, I want to do it. So, uh, so I had uh, Kevin send over the track to Boo, and I sang "Feeling Freaky" in, in the uh, at Royal Studios on the Al Green microphone. It's pretty special. That was great. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Just makes you feel good to know that Al Green was there once. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was all, and, and it was great to hear Booth singing. I'm feeling freaky. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was in the studio. And he's you can kind of picture Booth singing. Feeling oh freaky. yeah, yeah. So you've won um, many, many blues awards at this point in I've, your I've, career. Yep, I've won a couple of them. One for uh, Soul Blues Album mm -hmm. of the Year and Soul Blues Artist of the Year. What does that mean to you as a musician um, to be recognized like that? Well, that's really huge, um, especially, you know, to be, you know, ranked with heroes, you know, like Robert Cray and Otis Clay and, and Johnny Rawls, you know, Curtis Salgado, all these really great singers and songwriters um about the best feeling you could ever have you know as an artist you know to be recognized for your art as you know something of quality to be nominated and to win an award like that so how do you go about writing your songs i mean everyone has their their way in lots of different ways i'm sure but mm -hmm. is there some sort of process you go through to write music your original music yeah I guess I think I, I think of a story I think of uh, you know you know or there's a story being told to me and I look for a title to the story and that title um, becomes the hook and it's as soon as I have the title I'll think of you know, a handful of ways, like three or four ways to sing the title. And if I can't come up with a great melody for the title, then it's probably not, it's probably not that great of a title for a song. Right. You know, or maybe I'm not ready for that title yet. And so I think of another one. But usually I've been very fortunate, you know. So the title kind of drives the rest of the song. It, it's it, like the whole concept for the, the song. It's the rhythm. It, it's the rhythm of the song, you know. It sets the tone for the whole tune, you know. Um, you can't have a real happy title and sing a sad song, you know. So 
you, you know, the title has to reflect the emotion of, of, of the tune. And, and then I just start trying to put the, uh, put the story into, into words uh, that work, you know, rhythmically in, in the song. And sometimes it can happen like that, and sometimes it can take, you know, months. Um, if it goes a little more than two months, I'll probably just forget about the song forever, you know. Uh, very few tunes. May I, may, and, and usually I just figure out maybe I'm just not really ready to write the song. I don't know the story well enough to write it, you know. And uh, I'll just give up. Because it's like taking the person on a journey, a little journey through, through the concept, right? So yeah. you, you sort of have to understand yourself where yeah. you're going with it so you can take the audience yeah. along with you. You better know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a phrase in there. I can't remember what it is, but know what you're going to say or yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, so uh, what's up? What's next for you? You on the road? Uh, no. Nope. Um, I did 140 performances um, in 2017 and uh, just chilling out, uh, hanging out with my family and uh, – gradually getting all my songs together. Um, I've got a lot, of, a lot of tunes and a lot of great ideas to finish up songs, and so uh, that's the plan, and I'd like to get in the studio very soon, because uh, I just love, I love recording. And recording is just it's one of the most exciting things you can ever do, especially if you're trying to cut live, you know? Because it is, it is the performance that, that's going to live out there. It is. That's the one everyone's going to hear the for legacy. a long time. <laughs> yeah. The adrenaline rush. Well, we wish you the best of luck. And I, um, I hope you will come back and perform when you finish the next album. Oh, I would love to, Amy. Thank you. So, nice talking with you, John. Nice talking to you, too. <laughs> Thanks for everything. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, 
You don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.